We recording? Uh. Yo, I'm cancerous, so when I diss you wouldn't want to answer this if you responded back with a battle rap you wrote for cannabis. Wait. Shit, wrong podcast. I'm sorry, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Mind of Manson podcast. I am your host, Emiliano Manson, and today's podcast is an all-pro-wrestling review podcast, ladies and gentlemen. This is not a wrestling podcast. Um, sometimes I'm going to review uh, some wrestling pay-per-views. Sometimes I'm going to review sports events. Sometimes I'm going to review UFC pay-per-views. And, uh, you know, sometimes I'm going to review albums. I'm going to review concerts. Uh, it's it's all going down here on the Mind of Manson podcast. As you could tell from previous episodes, we have a whole bunch of different topics that we get down and break down for you guys that listen through the many ways, which is uh, Spotify... Google Play, Apple Music, iTunes, Stitcher, you know, Anchor, Pocket Cast, wherever you get your podcast, you will find this podcast, the Mind of Manson podcast. We discuss everything, ladies and gentlemen. In previous episodes, shit, I broke down uh, the Spring Creek Fire, which was Colorado's third largest wildfire that burned like uh, over 100,000 acres, destroyed... I have to go back and listen to the podcast. I think over 80 structures, probably more than that. You know, I broke down the marijuana industry and the business and the the way it's a money, the fat, one of the fastest money making, uh, you know, ventures that anybody can get into nowadays. Um, gave a little bit of life advice, you know, told my story on what happened when I had to, uh, you know, cut ties with my grandpa on on some personal stuff, broke down my album, told you guys about the scariest place, the scariest, most haunted valley in North America, which is the San Luis Valley, got into all kinds of crazy, spooky conspiracy shit on that, and today we're going to be reviewing uh, what I like to call Wrestling Weekend, ladies and gentlemen, Uh, I'm a pro wrestling fan, not everybody out there is, Uh, if you're not, we'll see you next week, motherfuckers, if not, if you are, you're going to love this shit because I'm going to break it down like Uncle Dave Meltzer. Nah, I'm kidding. I ain't going to give no star on all that shit. The only star I'm going to give is on the strain of the day, which we're going to break down here soon. But yeah, man, um, WrestleMania is the WWE's biggest event. It uh, It's called the grandest stage of them all, the showcase of the immortals. It's Vince McMahon's got all kinds of weird names for a bunch of stuff. Just just don't say belt. You know, you, you did not win the belt. You know, and it's not a strap. You know, it's a title, damn it. It's a title, damn it. Uh, maybe I'll get a little higher and do a better Vince McMahon impression down the road. But um, WrestleMania, wherever it's held at, a bunch of uh, wrestling companies gather to that city, to that one spot, and they take over the whole city for the whole weekend, starting from like Thursday to like Tuesday. It is pure professional wrestling madness, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm not going to get into like all the indie events and all the you know, indie matches that went down. Shout out to everybody for wrestling and you know, and putting on good matches and and entertaining us cuz you know, um I use pro wrestling as like a, a way to get away to not think about work and all the bullshit that this music industry has and you know, just everyday life, problems with everyday life. I I watch fucking pro wrestling. That's what I do. That's what gets my mind off of 
the bullshit. So that's why it means a lot to me. And I know how much it means to a lot of people out there. So we're going to get together and we're going to fucking review some wrestling today, ladies and gentlemen. Because I listen to a lot of pro wrestling podcasts. We got into how many different kind of podcasts I listen to. But the majority is the different pro wrestling podcasts. But anyway... um. Yeah, man, we we gonna be reviewing some wrestling today, um, and here on this podcast, we, you know, like I said, no topic goes untouched except a couple, because I'll touch it, I'll just piss you off in the process, and then I'll get, like, banned off like, streaming platforms like Alex Jones did. I'm not, I'm not as stupid and as crazy as that motherfucker, but. Some some topics will not go touch because I'll piss you guys off. But anyway, um, if you hear the steering in the background, that's because I want to do a quick shout out to the homies, St. Christopher and True over at uh, Killico Inc. As you guys know, they got a dope ass clothing line. If you saw the end of the world music video, that that crazy ass uh, crow shirt I'm wearing is their is their shirt. But anyway. Uh, they got they got some uh, CBD oil, pure refined. It's amazing, it's amazing. It's it's amazing. It's pure CBD oil, pure refined hemp oil. Amazing medical med- amazing medical benefits, and I have it in my sparkling water right now, and uh, I'm just stirring it around, and it is amazing. So, you know, get a hold of them, follow those guys, and. You know, make your CBD dreams come true because they 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 in it to help the people who need it, y'all. And you know, shouts out to them as I take a drink of this this uh this beautiful oily sparkling water real quick. Oh hell yeah! Oh hell yeah, ladies and gentlemen. That's how we doing it. That's how we doing it today. Strain of the day is the acid strain. Ladies and gentlemen, I have some packed in the wax pen. It smells real good. Um, I have live sugar of it, though. It's actually called purple acid live sugar. 78%. It's very, very nice. Um, very, 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 very nice. So let's find out. Since this is a wrestling podcast, you guys will get this. I want you to uh, silence your cell phones, hold your applause, and shut your mouths while I review this strain. Mm-hmm. Yep, there it is. Mm-hmm. Now, let me tell you about this strain here. Before I got on Leafy.com, I noticed something of the smell. When it comes out your nose and you're tasting it, when you don't have cotton mouth, like your mouth's already juicy and it's coming out your nose and you're tasting it, it's got some, it's familiar. And as I pull it up on Leafy, I'm not going to get into the purple part of it because we all know what's up with that what makes it amazing but the acid 
is a basically New York diesel. Expect powerful body results, including an uplifted, nearly a psychedelic mental energy. The plant exhibits a metallic flavor that is representative representative of its namesake, with traditional notes of gas on the nose. Acid thrives. It's New York Diesel, baby. Pretty much, basically, a spin-off hybrid child prom night dumpster baby fuck of some badass purple New York Diesel. So, when I tasted it, without even, you know, doing my research on this strain, I was like, this tastes fucking familiar. I can't really say what. Because Sour Diesel, if you listen to, uh... Fuck, what podcast was it? The, the Marijuana one, the marijuana business or whatever it was called, I explained that my favorite strain of all time, I'm an Indica guy, but my favorite strain of all time is definitely Sour Diesel. Hands down, still to this day. To this day! I ain't gonna do that. But that'd be dope if I had that fucking audio to plug in right there. That'd be dope. Y'all know what I'm talking about, but to this day, my favorite is still Sour Diesel and still New York Diesel. Um, so I'm pretty excited to know that this is pretty much that. So once again, hold your applause and shut your mouths while I review this right here. Mm-hmm. And it has a. On the chart, it has the creative and the euphoric are through the roof, baby. The energetic is almost up to the top of the roof, baby. The happy is at the middle, baby. And you barely got a little bit of relaxed feeling on it. You know, but it's definitely going to take away your depression. It's going to take away stress for damn sure. You got that nausea, you know, like me. I'm, I'm a little nervous. All the time for no reason. Don't know why. Don't really care why because the the, the marijuana helps me, y'all. So that nausea goes away like that. Just so quick. You know what I mean? Um, if you got a headache, bye-bye, motherfucker. And um, it, it, it's mostly it's mostly for the head. You know, diesel, like sour diesel is most is a sativa. It hits me like an indica for some fucking reason because that's how Bombay it is, son. You understand? That's why it takes the headache away because it's mostly a mental thing. You know, you, you it's a head high. Head high. You'll get hella cotton mouth and hella munchies with this motherfucker. I'm telling you. As for pain, it might not take it away because it's not like a heavy indica. Indicas are mostly for heavy pain, but I still suggest that you get your hands on some of this. You know what I mean? We clicked on the negative effects on this. You're going to have dry eyes and dry mouth for damn sure. Um, It might give you a headache. It might make you anxious and it might make you dizzy. But hey, we're all walking fucking contradictions, right? Because you go back to the medical and it takes away nausea and fucking headaches. So, you know, we're, we're all walking fucking contradictions. You know what I'm saying? You know, but you do get, you know, the lemon flavor, the 
Dale mas gasolina flavor, fucking earth nut tones, and it's very beautiful stuff. It's very, 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 very beautiful stuff, everybody. Very. So, here we go again, one more time. Gotta hit it because, fuck, there's a lot of wrestling to get into. Fuck. I feel bad for the people that, I mean, guaranteed they had a damn good fucking time. But I bet those motherfuckers is tired, man. Fuck. Fuck. Just as a fan watching on TV and, like, taking notes that to give y'all a proper, proper wrestling podcast. Fuck, there's a lot of wrestling to get into. So I'm going to take one more hit. Yeah. New York. That song's in my head now because I know that's what this, that's what the parent plant is of this motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. But before the wrestling comes the song of the day, ladies and gentlemen. Comes to us from legendary country music country music group also uh, an already established kick-ass country music duo two duos one track Brooks and Dunn and Brothers Osborne for uh, their version of Hard Working Man off the new Brooks and Dunn reboot album y'all should go check it out it's dope gets you fired up makes you want to have a kick-ass night makes you want to get into some shit you know, makes you want to blow all that hard working paycheck on some dumb shit. You know, so shout out to Brooks and Dunn, Brothers Osborne. You guys got the motherfucking song of the day. What's your version of hard working man? So there's that. Let's get into some motherfucking wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. First off, what did we have? New York, baby. NXT TakeOver New York, y'all. It was dope. It was dope. Uh, the dark matches were the Street Profits. They defeated uh, Fabian Ankner and Marcy Barthel. Uh, Jackson Ryder defeated Danny Birch. Uh, Candice LeRae defeated Aaliyah with Vanessa Bourne. That was probably a dope match to see because all these were dark, ladies and gentlemen, that I just mentioned. You know. So. As we got into the regular card, the War Raiders, hell of a match, hell of a match, hard-hitting, fast-paced tag team match, old-school classic tag team match, that's what it reminded me of. They defeated Aleister Black and Ricochet, man, and they retained the NXT Tag Team Championships, they always come through with some wicked uh, entrances as the the War Raiders. Man, it, it was dope. It was a dope match. You know, and at the very end, um, Aleister Black and Ricochet, you know, they did the classic bow to NXT, um, you know, which means they're onto the main roster, ladies and gentlemen. So, you know, let's let's see if they get buried. Let's see if they get split up. Let's see if they get pushed. Uh, or let's see if they EC3 their ass and make them pretty much forgotten, which is a damn shame because that's a good brother. 
Um, yeah, so that was that match. Next up was the Velveteen Dream. He defeated Matt Riddle. Um, surprising, surprising win. Matt Riddle looked shocked. He looked fucking pissed. He looked like he wanted to go backstage and fucking smoke a blunt, which he probably did. I should shut the fuck up before I get him in trouble. Next up, I think, was the match of the night. Hands fucking down. I said I wasn't going to give no star shit, but I, Walter and fucking Pete Dunne, wow, wow, definitely five stars, fucking wow, that match blew my fucking mind, that match was amazing, um, I'm not too sure on the amount of days I should know, but fucking Pete Dunne had that title for I think 600 some days maybe, as the WWE UK champion, damn, and Walter man, I bet I bet Walter got his fucking mind blown, y'all. Think about it. Think about it. He he's performed in America many times. But this motherfucker just performed in Madison Square Garden. No, not Madison Square Garden, excuse me. He performed in front of a sold out Barclays Center in Brooklyn on pay per view and won the fucking title. Plus, I bet fucking Pete Dunne's chest looked like fucking raw hamburger meat after that match. Holy shit, them fucking chops were wicked. Walter going up top was wicked. That was a fucking wrestling match. Sports entertainment can kiss my ass. Walter and Pete Dunne was a fucking wrestling match. Next up was the Fatal 4-Way. Shayna Baszler, she defeated uh, Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, and Kairi Sane by submission. You know, there were rumors that this was going to be a ladder match. I hate to say it, that match kind of sucked. It it looked like it was, it, I don't know, it fucking, to me it was kind of boring. You know, which is weird because all these ladies put on great matches. But it just felt thrown together and no chemistry. You know, so we're going to go on to the two out of three falls, ladies and gentlemen. Johnny Gargano defeated Adam Cole 2-1. to one. Amazing match. Um... I kind of thought that they were going to give it to Adam Cole because um, I would have thought they would have called up Johnny Gargano because that seemed like the plan already because he was on Raw and SmackDown a couple times along with Aleister Black and Ricochet. But nah, Johnny Wrestling uh, beat Adam Cole, baby, and fucking he's the new NXT champ at the end. His wife, Candice LeRae, came out congratulating with hugs and then the Blackheart Tommaso Ciampa came out and... You know, that was that was a good moment. That was a good real moment right there. You could tell there was a little bit of hurt in Tomasa Champa's eyes. I'm gonna stir this uh this oil water again because it's fucking amazing. And the inflammation I have is no longer in my body. But yeah, man. NXT's always still the show. Always still the show. Always still the show. We're gonna get into the thing that I did not watch, for good reasons because I I got it I because why I why didn't I not watch the Hall of Fame because I was watching something else, which we're gonna get into right after this. But a big shout out to all the inductees, you know, the Honky Tonk Man, Tory Wilson, Brutus the Barber Barber Beefcake, you know, the Heart Foundation, the Warrior Recipient Award, Sue Atchison who does amazing work with uh, the Make-A-Wish Foundation, which the WWE kicks ass in. The Harlem Heat, 
probably already said the Heart Foundation, and it was headlined by D Generation X, y'all. Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Billy Gunn, Road Dog, X Pac, and the late great China, ladies and gentlemen. All you guys are well deserved. Shout out to you for getting into the Hall of Fame. You, you know, it's much, 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 much deserved. Much deserved. We, you know, we appreciate y'all, you know. So, so thank you. Thank you all for uh, an amazing career. You know, it was a good night. It was a hell of a night. And a big fuck you to the piece of shit, pussy ass wannabe, James, look, James Ellsworth pussy looking MMA wannabe pussy I ain't gonna say your fucking name bitch the motherfucker who attacked Bret Hart and Natalia in the ring at the Hall of Fame fuck you you fucking pussy you got what you deserved I saw your fucking mugshot all over IG your fucking face looked like a roast beef blue waffle vagina you fucking pussy you got what you deserved you don't fuck with Bret Hart you don't fuck with the Hart family you got what you fucking deserve if you don't know what I'm talking about during the Hart Foundation speech Bret Hart was speaking and uh, some little emo kid came in the ring with a Rastafarian hat and tackled Bret Hart and Natalia to the ground and the next thing you know Ronda Rousey's husband Shout out to Travis Brown. Beat the living fuck out of him. On, I I didn't watch it. But I guess on camera, the TV camera, the screen went black and then like to commercial. But like the fan cell phone footage just showed Travis Brown beat the fuck out of this fucking puto. Just boom, 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 boom. And then like the New Day jumps in right away. Uh, fucking Heath Slater. He's got kids. He was in there tearing that shit up. You know, Shane was right there right away. You know, all the real dudes. Braun Strowman was there. Titus O'Neil was there. All the real grown fucking men. The real men, not the spoiled little pussies, were there. Do you know what I'm saying? They were there right there taking care of business, making sure Natalia was safe, making sure Brett was safe. They carried him off. Motherfucker thought he was tough, and then, uh, I think, Dash Wilder from the Revival, one of the good brothers from the Revival, just knocked that motherfucker the fuck out, and all you did was see Seth Rollins there, just sitting there with his hands on his, sitting on his hands, looking like a little bitch, you know, I'ma bury fucking Rollins real quick, fuck it. You know, when that shit went down, all the real cats was in that ring making sure these people were safe. And when the fan footage showed him walk him off to the side, it showed him sitting there like the chicks did. So that's all I'm going to say on, on that motherfucker. But anyway, you know, he got what he deserved, you know. You know, hopefully he... You know, he gets charged with something. I'm not going to really look into it because this fucking pussy ain't worth really my time really even speaking on. You dig what I'm saying? You dig what I'm fucking saying? But now we're going to get into some... We're going to get away from the sports entertainment. And the main reason I wasn't watching the Hall of Fame is I stir this water again. The main reason I didn't watch it is because... uh. 
It was G1 Special, baby. Madison Square Garden sold out. Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling came together to put on an amazing event, which sadly I think will never, ever happen again, y'all. I don't think anything like that will ever happen again. I think it's a one-time deal. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm fucking wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Because, you know, that's just a big fuck you to the WWE because they went in their house, sold it out on their weekend, and in some points of the show, maybe was a little better than WrestleMania. So we're going to get into the G1 special, y'all. There were 12 matches, not 16 or 17, 12 matches. So here we go. By the time by the time I got done running around on Saturday, by the time I got done running around and got home and you know put it you know got got on the fight app and put it on the TV. By the time I did that, the battle the honor royal, the uh, the honor rumble was already on for a future uh, Ring of Honor championship match, and that lasted uh forty one minutes twenty one seconds. It was cool. Um, bad luck. Fale was throwing a bunch of people around, and at the end, we had the great Muda and uh, Liger and a stare off to see who was gonna win. And then a uh, fucking Kenny King comes out of nowhere, and he won it by eliminating Liger. So that was that. Um, me personally, I'm gonna piss Marks off. Don't really give a fuck, cause uh, you know, I don't give a fuck about pissing off Marks. But the Jeff Cobb. And the Will Ospreay match, I think, was match of the night. And that was the first match of the official pay-per-view. Jeff Cobb, the Ring of Honor champion. It was belt for belt. Never open weight champion. Now the motherfuckers both. Shout out Jeff Cobb for winning. Shout out for Will Ospreay for not dying. Because his matches used to be dangerous. He used to do dangerous shit. And he's still a great performer. But I think that was match of the night. Next. Rush defeated Dalton Castle. Quick. It's quick. Quick upset. Quick, quick upset. Dalton Castle turned on his boys, turned hill, walked off pissed. Really pissed. Um up next we had Kelly Klein. She defeated uh the woman of honor champion Mayu Itani. Iwatani. That match sucked. Sorry. That match was fucking boring. I didn't feel chemistry. It felt sloppy. The only good thing was uh, Velvet Sky and what's-her-name coming down to fuck her up. Fuck up Kelly Klein. And then uh, I forgot who was on commentary. She came down like she was going to help Kelly Klein. And then she turned hill on her, hit her with her hill. Ha, the hill hit her with her hill. Ha, ha, ha. I get it now, motherfuckers. That match fucking sucked. And then at the end, they had this stupid little whatever on there. Fuck that match. That match sucked. But up next, um, who was that? Who was that lame-ass rapper that came out? He looked like, he looked like Swan from the MTV Rap Battles. Back in the day. Remember when Recognize just ripped Swan a new one? 
Shout out to Recognize and Mayday of Strange Music, one of my favorite hip-hop bands of all time. That's who that motherfucker looked like, is a fucking swan. He came out, the crowd was like, what the fuck are you doing here? Your raps fucking suck. Fucking lame motherfucker, get the fuck out of this ring. And then here comes Bully Ray to save the day. Bully Ray made him shit himself, slipped out of the ring, took off running back home to his mama, wherever the fuck that motherfucker came from. I was a pretty damn good drinker. That fucking purple acid diesel strain is the shit. But anyway, before that, the show Juice Robinson laid out, wondering who's going to compete. You know, Bully Ray, talking to shitty talks. You know, Flip Gordon came out. Next thing you know, Juice and Mark Haskins came out as Lifeblood. Then Shane Taylor and Silas Young came out. And Juice Robinson had the, like this fucking janitor's bin full of like pellets and hammers and all kinds of fucking crazy shit. And asked if they could make it a three-on-three match. And it was Lifeblood and Flip Gordon versus Bully Ray, Shane Taylor, and Silas Young. And that match went on for like 15 minutes. It seemed longer than 15 minutes. It kind of should have went on 10. Not hating on their match. It was pretty dope. But it still seemed kind of much. It still seemed kind of much. You know, next you had uh, Dragon Lee. He defeated uh, Taji Hiroshimi. I'm I'm, I'm like JR. I'm sorry if I'm butchering these names. But anyway, he defeated him, that guy, and Bandito. You know, in a three-way match for the IWGP, you know, he retained it. No, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. Dragon Lee won. Shout out to him anyway. <laughs> Fuck yeah, this is dope. The Gorillas of Destiny, man. Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa, the IWGP. Heavyweight tag team champions. They defeated, they defeated Villain Enterprises, Evil and Sonata, and the Briscoe Brothers. And now they are uh, IWGP Tag Team Champions and Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions, which is well-deserved. The Gorillas of Destiny, motherfuckers. You don't know about it? You don't know about it, bitch? Wait, I think Tomatonga is a good guy now. Never mind, I should start being nice to you guys. But anyway, what was weird about this match is at the end, when, when the Tongans started celebrating... The camera cut away from them right away, which I thought was like, why aren't they letting these guys celebrate their win? This is this is a big win. One of the greatest tag teams in the fucking business just won two belts. Why aren't they showing the celebration in the ring? They had them on the announcers, and they weren't showing what was happening. But in the back, you could see what was happening. On the TV, you could see something happen. You're like, oh, they're still fighting outside because you could see the Briscoes fighting. And then like you see Bully Ray throw somebody. Then you find out later on fucking the internet that it's fucking Enzo Amore and Big Cass crashed the party. They came through the fucking concession stand, jumped the barricade, and just started fighting with the Briscoes and everybody. And Some people are saying that's a work because they're saying, number one, in the concession area that they had security around them. Two, they didn't get stopped from jumping over the barricade. And three, they didn't get arrested and escorted out of the arena like Enzo did when he crashed uh, 
what was it, Survivor Series last year. So they're saying they might be signing to Ring of Honor. We'll wait and see. You know, up next was uh, Zach Fab- Zach Saber Jr. with Takamichinoku. You know, he defeated uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, man. You know, fucking, I wanted Tana to win, man. I, I really wanted Tana to fucking win, you know. But, you know, it's for the British heavyweight champion. Zack Sabre Jr. is a badass, you know. Taka in his corner just made it even better. But like I said, Tana's a legend, man. Tanahashi's a legend. I, I wanted him to win, but, you know, it, it, he's at that point in his career where he's the fucking ace, man. He's the ace. He's done everything. He's done everything over there. It's time to put the new guys over. Kind of like what Kurt did, which we'll get into. But, yeah, man, that was a that was a pretty dope match. You know, up next, we had a hell of a fucking match for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship, man. Kota Ibushi defeated Tetsuya Naito in one hell of a fucking match, man. That was... That was a 20-minute match. 20 minutes, 53 seconds, and it was... It felt longer. And just imagine if it was longer. Hopefully one day we'll get it longer. You know, it, it was a dope match. And up next, we had the uh, infamous uh, la- three-way ladder match, y'all, for the Ring of Honor World Championship. That was a dope match. At You know, Matt Taven, you know, we kind of knew it because it'd be the Grand Slam champ thing, you know. But at the same time, Jay Lethal is money. So it was Matt Taven, Jay Lethal, and the villain Marty Scroll. Scroll. Having a hard time saying it. Marty Scroll. Shout out to the villain. But anyway, Matt Taven defeated uh, Jay Lethal and Marty Scroll in 29 minutes, man. 29 minutes, 35 seconds. That was a that was a dope match. But at the end it was kind of it was kind of dragging on. It was kind of dragging on, but at the end, it was it was still an amazing match, and like I said, part of I I didn't want Matt Taven to win. Uh, straight up, I wanted Marty to win because Marty's one of my favorites. But like I said, Jay Lethal's money, and when a belt looks good on somebody, you know that that's the fucking champ. And I I was hoping either Jay or Marty would win, but Matt Taven won, and you know, you know, so. You know, he's the one who got to stand up on that big-ass ladder in, in front of a sold-out Madison Square Garden holding the fucking gold, you know. And something's going to happen down the road one day with uh, with the NWA Championship and the Ring of Honor Championship. They've been teasing that for a while, so, you know, maybe one day we'll see Nick Aldis, you know, go belt for belt. I just hope it's with somebody better than Matt Taven. Probably pissing off any Matt Taven fucking Mark fanboys. I don't give a fuck. Fucking GTS your ass. No. <laughs> anyway, we saw Okada, man. Uh, I'll have to... F- let me... Anyway, he defeated Jay White. Switchblade. Jay White was the IWGP heavyweight champion, man. And shit. Okada did it. In the world's most famous arena. In 32 minutes, that was a hell of a match. Um, I was expecting Jay to keep the keep the belt, man. You know, and one of the best things about that match was the "fuck you, Gato" chance. Let me type in how many how many times 
has Okada won the IWGP Heavyweight Motherfucking Champion. Let's find out. Anyway, Cortana lied to me, that fucking puta. <laughs> it says seven or eight, or fucking nine. Who knows? Okada's the fucking goat, man. So, fucking shout out to Kazuchika Okada on winning that winning back the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Let's see if he gets it another fucking 720 days. Anyway, let's get on to WrestleMania because fuck, it was long. Fuck. We're going to break down 16 matches in like fucking 15 minutes, y'all, because we have 36 minutes. I'm not going to put you through the fucking bullshit that Vince McMahon put us all through last night. Fuck that shit. It was like seven hours fucking long, man. I think. Fucking pre-show started at 3. Well, here in Colorado, anyway, fucking started at 3 p.m. 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 in a fucking half hours of fucking wrestling straight. Holy shit. I fucking burnt the fuck out. I feel bad... I feel bad for all the cats and for all the ladies and gentlemen over there, man, at that stadium. I bet you motherfuckers was tired. Shouts out to y'all and hats off. I guarantee it was worth it. The experience was worth it. But you have every right to bitch and complain that it was long. Because me, for a viewer at home, it was fucking long. Damn, son. <laughs> Holy shit. Get a hit. Mm-hmm. Yep, there it is. Did you hear that little fucking pop? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's nice. That's real nice. But anyway, WrestleMania 35, 35 years of it, baby. Fucking do it big. That's what that's that's what they're intentions are, which they do do it big. They sell out a fucking stadium, a football fucking stadium or a baseball stadium every year, even though they lie about the attendance record. Uh, Alexa Bliss said it was 82,000. I'm pretty sure the fire marshal's going to come out in a couple days and say, nah, it wasn't even close to that. But anyway, we going to break it down, y'all. 16 matches. First up on the pre-show. We had uh, Tony Nese, he defeated Buddy Murphy for the uh, WWE Cruiserweight Championship. It was a cool match, you know, um, anything Buddy Murphy does is money. He's a dope pro wrestler, but it was Tony Nese's moment, man. You know, Tony, Tony Nese came in and he, he, he got the job done. Well, Buddy Murphy did the job to Tony Nese. Tony Nese got the job done, you know, and next up. You know, the pre-show was cool. You know, you had different guests, you know, Paige, The King, you know, Shawn Michaels. I say Shawn Michaels looks like Kenny Chesney, you know, because he has like the... It looks like if you sat on a taco hat. You know what I'm saying? Those kind of... Those kind of hats. Those kind of cowboy hats. You know, like if a taco hat got smashed type of shit. But any, anyway, pre-show's the pre-show, you know. Um, up next was the uh, WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal. 
Wait, that's not the name of it. The Fabulous Moolah Battle Royal is what it's actually supposed to be called, but, you know, this isn't the Attitude Era, Attitude Era with the Godfather, so pimps and hoes is out of the question, so they renamed it the Women WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal and gave them a trophy that looks like ovaries with ribbons on it. But anyway, you know, what are you going to expect? It's a, you know, it's a bunch of talented female wrestlers who never get a chance on TV, who only wrestle for 10 minutes at live events and get bothered at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning at the fucking airport and get eliminated just for the 2 or 3 girls that are actually on TV the whole fucking time. These battle royals are fucking bullshit. Even though I'm glad Carmella won, I was kind of happy because it came down to I forgot who. But anyway, Sarah Logan was left standing in there and um, that was it. Everybody thought Sarah Logan won and then here comes fucking Mella is money and she eliminated Sarah Logan and, and won the trophy. I just hope something comes with it because nothing came for Naomi last year when she won it. You know, I just hope something comes with it. You know, up next, we had fucking the Honkins Tonk Man and the Broski, Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. The streak came to an end. 200 fucking some matches, 260 some matches lost straight in a fucking row came to an end when Kurt Hawkins got the pin, a roll-up pin, I believe, on the Revival. They are the new Raw Tag Team Champions. So shout-out to Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder for defeating the Revival on WrestleMania, even though it was the pre-show. Still counts, right? You won't get the DVD royalties, but still counts, right? You know, up next... You know, Braun Strowman, he defeated uh, one of the Saturday Night Live guys, which I think is stupid. You know, having those two idiots took two spots away from from wrestlers. Who, like, who didn't? Who was not in the Battle Royal? Was Mojo in the Battle Royal? Was Mike Bennett in the Battle Royal? Whoops, fuck. I shouldn't, was Mike Kanellis in the Battle Royal? Had to take his wife's name. Damn. That's cold, bitch. I can just hear Vince now. Ah, you're not Mike Bennett anymore. You're going to take your wife's name. <laughs> Having those two dumbasses from Saturday Night Live took took two spots away from somebody who, you know, definitely deserved it. You know, I think Braun Strowman won because he's too big of a talent to not have anything done with. On wrestling. I mean, what are they going to do? Make him win against the fucking... What is he going to do? Win tag team championship with a child again? Fuck that. That was fucking stupid. Do you know what I'm saying? That was fucking dumb. When him and Nicholas won the tag team championships. You know? And I'm a big Braun Strowman fan. He's a fucking amazing athlete, professional wrestler. But they should have had him... He should have been in like the fucking three-way with the Demon and Bobby Lashley. Or he should have got pissed off, said he wasn't happy with his position. And he should have, you know, asserted himself in the the triple threat. He They should have made it a triple threat match with, uh, with Samoa Joe and Rey Mysterio. Something better for Braun. Braun deserves better than winning the, which is his amazing accomplishment, winning the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Well, what's going to come with it? Does he get a title shot down the road? 
Does the fucking dude get to keep the trophy in his fucking house? These battle royals are pointless. It's the hardworking fucking jobbers that don't get on TV. And only wrestle for 10 minutes at live events just to get eliminated by somebody on fucking TV. That, like Carmella, she deserves better than to win that fucking women's battle royal. Which is an amazing accomplishment in quotes. Looks good on the record. But she deserves better than that. Oscar deserved better than that. You know, stuff like that fucking pisses you off, you know. But anyway, when the pay-per-view started, um, Alexa Bliss came out as your official host, the goddess of WWE. She brought out the the immortal brother, Hulk Hogan. The one I'm hitting now is not the uh, purple acid strain. This one is a uh, gelato, just pure CBD, 100% CBD. There's no THC in this. I'm hitting that now as we speak. Anyway, Hulk Hogan came out, did a couple poses, said the wrong venue, said the Silver Dome, still said the wrong venue, the MetLife Center. Which is still counts, I guess. But anyway, him and Alexa did a couple brother poses. And then for some reason, Paul Heyman came out. And Paul Heyman looked... Alexa and Hulk didn't know what the fuck was going on. They looked at each other like, what the fuck Paul doing here? Paul had that look on his face like, these bitches don't know what the fuck I'm doing here. And then Paul got in the ring and he's like, if we're not on last, then we're fucking doing this right now. Fuck you motherfuckers. Brock, get the fuck out here. Brock Lesnar came out with amazing pyro, and we were like, holy shit, we're starting with the Universal Championship match. This is fucking crazy, which is a smart move by Vince McMahon because the fans would have not been into it at the very end. Smart move, Vinnie Mac. Smart move, brother. Anyway, you had this stupid graphic on stage of Beast Slayer, and then Rollins came down, got his fucking ass kicked, and then did the good old-fashioned babyface comeback and... It took three curb stumps, ladies and gentlemen, to end Brock Lesnar. Seth Rollins is now the Universal Championship. And like I said, if if you can't get up and help an old guy, an old legend who got knocked down and his niece from some fucking stranger and you're watching your peers handle it, are you really a champion, motherfucker? So I'm skipping right next to the next fucking match, man. AJ Styles defeated Randy Orton. That match was okay. It could have been better, but I get it. They were the second match on the main card. Um, Second match on the main card, but keep in mind, they were already match number six, y'all. They were already match number six. So, you know... Fans is already tired. Six matches in. That's an hour already. That's two hours already in. About two and a half hours already in. Figure. You know. Because between be- between Brock Lesnar beating Seth Rollins when the match actually started was only two minutes. Two minutes, 30 seconds. You know, Randy Orton and AJ went 16 minutes. You know, if they had a half hour as a main event on another pay-per-view or even at the end of the show with some, you know better build up or whatever it would have been better than it was so anyway 
the Usos, they defeated uh, Alistair Black, Ricochet, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Rusev, and the bar, Sheamus and Cesaro. In 10 minutes and 10 seconds, it was a fatal four-way. They retained the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. I don't know about y'all, but I'm getting sick of these fucking fatal four-way tag team championship matches just because you dumb motherfuckers hire everybody and don't know what the fuck to do with them. I'm, I'm getting pretty sick of these fucking fatal four-way triple threat fucking... What was that one match they had on SmackDown with all the women on the intergender tag team match? It was like a 78-man tag team match on fucking SmackDown. I'm fucking sick of that shit. If you don't know what to do with these people, give them their release, pay them their fucking money without the 30 days and let them fucking go be stars somewhere else, you selfish fuckers. Anyway, match of the night, which I kind of think was uh, Shane and The Miz. They had a pretty good story. Luck, the story started out, I think, since last November. So it it drew out quite a bit. But uh, it ended with, uh, it was a false count anywhere match. It ended with Shane McMahon pinning The Miz because The Miz was, like, on this, like, 15-foot, like, camera platform and did a superplex off of it onto, like, uh, an air mattress cardboard box conversion safety mat type of deal that would still fuck your back up in no time. Um, yeah, man, they fucking... Shane landed on Miz after that suplex, and that was it. One... Two, three. That was it. And by then, I'm fucking tired. This is already eight matches in, y'all. We got eight more to fucking go. Up next was the shittiest, most fucking most boring match of the night. And only one good thing and one good thing only came out of that match. And that was the, again, doesn't this sound familiar, y'all? A fatal four-way tag team match. Except this one was for the fucking WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. You know. It was the Boss and Hug Connection, which is a stupid fucking name. These two dumbasses are trying to be like the Rock and Sock Connection when Mankind and The Rock, you know, got together and formed that legendary tag team. You know, they defeated uh, Nia Jax, Tamina. I mean, they didn't... They were up against Nia Jax, Tamina... Beth Phoenix and Natalia, and the only good thing that came out of this match is the the only real tag team in that match won the new champion won the championships and that is the iconic. So shout out to Billy Kay and Peyton Royce for capturing the gold at WrestleMania, and defeating the other tag teams in that horrible horrible match. Next up, man, was the WWE Championship. Daniel Bryan was defeated by Kofi Kingston, man. Kofi Kingston did it. We all knew he was going to do it because WWE put the fucking new shirts up online during the match and we knew there was a brand new championship outside because it was covered with a fucking cloth. Fucking stupid shit, man. It was a dope match. These two are amazing athletes. They put on a high caliber match. It was fast moving, high impact. It was it was great. It was a great match, but but they spoiled the end. They spoiled the end. And you know they did it on purpose. You damn well know they did it on purpose. Because that's just how Vince McMahon is. And by then, I'm fucking tired, y'all. I'm tired. I'm like, shit. What else we got? I'm fucking tired. This is is the 10th match. Fuck. 
What do you mean there's six more matches? There's six more matches? What's next? Rey Mysterio and Samoa Joe. Well, Rey Mysterio's hurt, so they still have to do it. Hand him in one minute. That's it. Okay, what's next? Fuck, man. There's Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre next. Son of a bitch. Fuck. All right. All right, let's do this. <sighs> Ten minutes later, we have a pin. Ten minutes later, Roman Reigns defeated Drew McIntyre. Oh, cool. Fuck yeah. There's a... Hey, hey. All right. Cool. There's the package for Triple H and Batista. Fuck yeah. Cool. After this is Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. Cool. The No Holds Barred match was dope. Um, 24 minutes is is too long. Um, Should have been 15. Should have been 10 to 15. Um, for the spots they did, it should have been 10 to 15 minutes, but 20, 25 minutes is, is quite a long time. Um, Triple H ripped out a fake nose ring from Batista, which did not have no color whatsoever. Um, Batista tripped in the ring, getting during his entrance. Triple H came down on fucking Herman Munster's Dragula, which was fucking dope. Um... We all thought Shawn Michaels was going to get involved. I kind of thought DX would get involved because they it got inducted in the Hall of Fame the fucking night before. Um, went through a table. There was chairs. There was sledgehammer. They used the ring stairs twice in different areas. And then here comes the nature boy, Ric Flair. Because if you remember what set up this match is on Ric Flair's birthday celebration, Batista drug him out by his neck. Left him there standing, left in there lifeless. That's what set up this match. Ric Flair gave Triple H the uh, sledgehammer, the good old fashioned, old faithful sledgehammer. Cracked Batista in the skull, hit him with a pedigree. One, two, three, fuck yeah. Woo, main event time, baby. Let's fucking do this. I'm tired, man. We are 13 matches in. Son of a bitch. Kurt, Kurt Angle's match is next. Now we have to watch Baron Corbin wrestle. Fuck. And I'm a Baron Corbin fan. Fuck, man. This is 14 matches in. He's still got two to go. Shit, I'm fucking tired. Like I said, I feel bad for the people in attendance. Everybody's bitching and complaining that Kurt Angle's match should have been, you know, much bigger. Which it should have been, but, you know, they pushed Baron Corbin for a reason. He has a look for a reason. And one day he will make an incredible heavyweight champion. Um, that's just the way I see it. One day Baron Corbin will make an incredible heavyweight champion. He's got the look. He's got the mic skills. He's athletic. He's big. He's he's bad. His fucking entrance music's dope. He'll fuck you up. He's He's your favorite son. You know. And I think Kurt Angle did the right thing by... Humbly obliging to do the job and put over a new talent. You know, you can't always get what you want. You know, you can't always get what you want. You know. And then, uh, we had, a, what was it? A 
Elias's musical performance, <laughs> which was cool, man. Yeah, he had Elias on the big screen. He was playing the drums, playing the piano, and then he appeared in the ring, and it was like a, it was like a three man band. He's like the Cadillac Three up there, and then uh, a video package popped up of Babe Ruth's debut, and then the Doctor of Thugonomics fucking came out and destroyed him in a eight mile style battle. And that was it. Gave him the old... It's called an AA now, but it, back then it was called the FU. Gave him that, and... That was that. And that was it. Cool. Now we got the Ronda Rousey. Son of a bitch, there's still Bobby Lashley and Finn Balor. Yeah, at least we get to see the Demon. Demon came out on WrestleMania. It was cool. It, it, it was real cool. Y'all hear that plane over flying over me low? It's kind of weird that I'm fucking exposing the business and I hear a loud plane fly over me now. I better wrap this fucking podcast up. <laughs> the Demon Finn Balor defeated Bobby Lashley in four fucking minutes to win the Intercontinental Championship. I gotta tell you, that ain't no gimmick. Finn's possessed when he fucking does that shit. Y'all think the de- the demon is a gimmick? That motherfucker's possessed because that motherfucker goes into psycho killer mode and it is fucking amazing. Demons ain't amazing. Demons are pussies, but, you know, I'm contradicting the fuck out of myself when I say that. The, the demon Finn Balor character is dope, but I don't think it's a character. I think, I think that motherfucker possessed on some shit when he comes out like that because you could tell. But anyway, that's, that's a... That could be another conspiracy theory podcast for another fucking day. And up next, we got the fucking main event. Son of a bitch, what's Alexa Bliss doing here? And why is our truth and Carmella out here dancing like little Uzi Vert? This sucking dance break shit has to stop. It's hurting my fucking soul. Are we at the main event? Finally, the fucking video package for the main event happens. Finally, it happens. We see Charlotte Flair in a fucking helicopter trying to imitate her dad. And then Joan Jett does a fucking badass performance of uh, Bad Reputation. Rhonda comes out, looks like she wants to cry, overcome with emotions. Holds her composure pretty good. And the man comes out. Becky Lynch just walks out there. They give her the old school cryo fucking fog shoot. During her music, and the match begins, man, and to be completely honest, I was expecting a lot more from this match. This match could have been a whole lot better, especially with the build-up it had, the fucking storyline it had, the fucking, oh, the whole fucking storyline it had was so fucking good. Especially on the go-home edition of Raw, where they all got arrested and Ronda wrecked the fucking cop car into the other cop car. This match did not live up to that fucking storyline and build-up for me, y'all. It did it in the 21 minutes. And 30 seconds, it did not fucking live up to my fucking expectation for it. I'm fucking sorry, you fucking marks can fuck off. Fuck, it didn't, it didn't. You know, you'd see him go at it, there were some standoffs, all three would go at it, there were some standoffs, they'd go outside the ring, some would get hurt, there were some high spots, there were some major bumps, there was this, there were some nasty falls, and all that for a quick uh, crucifix roll-up pin, where her fucking shoulders weren't even down all the way to win the belt. So now she's two belts Becky, so... And there's... I haven't really looked any further, but there's a rumor that Ronda broke her fucking hand, so we'll have to see. 
what's gonna happen on Monday Night Raw tonight? I don't know. This this is this is weird for me reviewing wrestling podcasts. I listen to a lot of these wrestling podcasts and and now that I did one, only one wrestling podcast, you will not get another wrestling podcast from me until probably the fucking Royal Rumble, which is January. Nope, nope, excuse me. You will get a wrestling podcast on Double or Nothing on May 25th with All Elite Wrestling. So if you're a professional wrestling fan, a fan of my music, and a fan of my podcast, you can uh, look forward to that because uh, I'll review WrestleMania weekend, which is this fucking podcast here. I'm going to review Double or Nothing, and then you will not get another wrestling review podcast until the Royal Rumble, which is January of 2020, because these things are fucking hard to talk about. They are hard to fucking review. I didn't even scientifically break them down like some of the greats do, and this was still getting on my nerves and pissing me off talking about it. So, shout out to all the wrestling podcasts out there. Shout out to all the wrestling journalists out there. Shout out to all the fucking publicists out there, because this review shit is hard. It's fucking hard. Anyway, uh, I'm going to fucking get stoned and sign off of this fucking podcast. I hope y'all enjoyed the wrestling weekend. I did. It's just too much. We still got two more days. There's still Monday Night Raw and Tuesday Night Smackdown, which you won't hear about because this podcast comes out. Like I said, we kick ass every fucking Monday, ladies and gentlemen. So with that being said, thank you for listening to the Mind of Manson podcast. If you made it this long, God bless you. If you didn't make it this long, I don't blame you because we all ain't pro wrestling fans. But to those of us out there, I hope this lived up to your expectations. I hope you could put it up there with some of the other great wrestling podcasts out there. So, like I said, uh, you know, May 25th is Double or Nothing. I'm going to review that episode when it drops Monday. I mean, that episode will drop Monday, and then I will not do another wrestling fucking podcast until January of 2020 of the fucking Royal Rumble. So thank you guys if you made it this long, and fuck it. Good night. This motherfucker should never have a fucking pay-per-view that fucking long again. How fucking stupid are they? Fucking put us through that shit. I, like I said, I feel sorry for the fucking fans that were there in attendance because that is too long to be in a fucking stadium watching fucking...